So you guys, I had a really quiet kind of relaxing weekend. It's been really nice. Um, today I did not leave the house. I did not get out of my PJs. I'm recording right now in my pajamas. And yesterday I left the house only to meet Christine for lunch. We had lunch at the Grove and we saw Stephanie there as well with Rescue the Billy. <laughs> Why can't I talk? Rescue <laughs> the Billy. I'm over there. You're still thinking about what we were just talking about, aren't you? Yeah, before we started recording. Oh Billy God. the Rescue Pup. And um, <laughs> I had a slice of pepperoni pizza yesterday that was one of the best slices of pizza I've had since I moved to Los Angeles. It was very reminiscent of a New York City dollar slice. Some of you will know what that is. And I don't know. I'm going to tell you flat out, it was so greasy in the delicious way that I could have taken a napkin and patted it down like you do when you live in New York, you know? It was so good. But you know what? I didn't pat it down. I shoved it right in my mouth. That's what I did. Did you fold it, Jimmy? Or are you a folder? Yeah. Hello. I'm a New Yorker. I folded it it. and I shoved it in my mouth like a giant cheesy doughy taco. (laughs) Did you have ranch on the side? No, because I'm not an animal, John. I don't put ranch on everything. I'm not from Texas. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Ranch. No. So good. John, you have no idea. You have just opened a door to a conversation that I have been having with Christine Sinecor for well over a decade. (laughs) Okay. People that put ranch on everything are basic. They need to have their taste buds checked. It's very middle of the country. I'm basic. Oh, wow. I love it. Ranch the ranch belongs on everything. Oh and God, pineapple yeah. belongs on pizza. It does. Oh, okay. I agree. <laughs> totally so agree. this is Dr. John's last uh, segment then. Because the um good news segment today involves pineapple on pizza. So I love that you you did a little foreshadowing there. Okay. Actually. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen, here's pineapple what I will do though, instead of ranch. If I get a chicken and wing situation and there's leftover blue cheese from the wings, I will shove my crust in the blue cheese. Oh, yeah. But yeah. I, it's the same thing. Yeah, it Duh. is blue cheese and ranch. <laughs> it's the same thing. Literally, it's the same thing. No, no, ranch has a different flavor to it. Maybe that's yeah. just it. Maybe my my tongue and my flavor palate's much more mature than yours is, Christine. I don't know. You just ate a bomb pop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shots fired. Great. Yeah, it's fucking great. Taste, you know what it tasted like? Summer 1983. Uh-huh. That's what that oh, bomb yeah. pop tasted like. Did it burn the tip of your tongue? Because that's, like, you know how when you first open it and it's, like, really cool on your tongue and it freezes? That is the best. I don't know why, but I, as a kid, loved that. That was my favorite thing about bomb pops. I love, I love bomb pops. I, have, I literally haven't had one in probably 20 years. So when I saw them at the store, I had to buy them. But yesterday I did not have a bomb pop. I had a hot fudge sundae at the Grove and it was mediocre people. The ice cream had no flavor. <laughs> there was not enough hot fudge. No, ma'am. And I was especially disappointed <laughs> because, you know, hot fudge flavor was my grinder name last year. So how very dare, how very dare. <laughs> Christine and Stephanie had ice cream though, and it was a little better for you, right? Yes. 
Well, I got what they called a New York Italian ice. And it was n- nothing. nothing. Like, yeah. yeah, it was not a New York Italian ice. It was good. They try, but it was, they try so hard in LA to make yeah. things taste like New York. Just and give yeah. it a rest. Leave it alone. Yeah. Just tell LA something. something. Yeah. yeah. But let me tell you something. When you're going to a new ice cream place, just get ice cream. Don't yeah. fuck around with the ice or the sundaes or anything like that. Get like two flavors you think might go together. Like I did salted caramel and chocolate. I'm like, okay, this will go together. I'll know the taste and then we'll move on. But I'm not trying to put a dress on it or make it something. <laughs> like that, you know? I don't know. I feel a little shamed for my choices. I mean, yeah. no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> you I'm should. That's exactly what just happened. First of all, you did say that the chocolate one was very good. It was. You but it was, it was not good. an Italian ice. Yeah. That was no, Jim's grinder name a couple of years ago. <laughs> it could have been worse. She could have put ranch on her goddamn <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So fuck my drag. <laughs> fuck my drag. <laughs> but also, my drag. listen, this is, the big, this is a big deal, though. Our friend Melanie sent us a gift. She has a little company called Broadway Bags. Mm-hmm. And we opened it up on Instagram. But I wanted to talk about it here, too. So, Christine, tell us about the bag she sent. Oh, my God. First of all, it's adorable. Um, adorable. It's, yeah, it's the perfect size. It's like not too small, not too big. Uh, the It has a really nice, thick, sturdy strap. Uh, and my favorite part is that when you, you know, I'm a big thing for like the inside of a bag. If it doesn't, if it's not cute, I don't want it. And so I opened up that bag and inside the pocket was like a music note fabric. And I almost peed my pants. It was so cute. It's really cute. Yeah. Yeah. And she makes them out of recycled clothing and materials. They're fully upcycled. They're reusable. You can throw it in your washing machine and use it again and again. I loved it so much. And get a load of this. She can make them out of any material you want. So if you're like me and you've done five million shows and you have the t-shirts from every show, or if you're like me and you gave money to Pete Buttigieg and you're done with the t-shirt you could make it into a sassy you know Kamala Harris bag or Mm. you know so I love the concept of like of it's totally unique I I just love it so much um so I encourage everybody to go check that out uh she has an Etsy shop you just look for Broadway bags you can also see them on Instagram um and Christine you're gonna try it out and we'll talk about it again in a couple weeks so that'll be fun Let's get ourselves right into this show because our guest today is already in the waiting room and I don't want to leave him waiting. So here we go. Truth be told, I always wanted to host The View, but I don't exactly meet the lady requirement. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get my friends together and we're going to start a podcast. Hello. I am Jim Lanahan, and these are my friends. Ready? Let's go. All right, you guys. Welcome to this week's podcast. We're going to do a quick round of the room. Say hi to everybody, and then we'll jump right into this week's yummy, yummy as always, we have Christine Sinecor, Dr. John Paul Higgins, hey. Scott Sheldon, Hello. and producer Stephanie Laffin joining us from Echo Park in our remote hey. podcast studio. Hi. Hey, how's it going? 
Good, good. Good. Yeah. Good. Doing really good. well. Here. All right. Let's jump right into yummy, yummy because we do have our guest waiting. Here we go. Yeah, you got that yummy, 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 yummy. I can't go to Taco Bell. I'm on an all carb diet. God, Karen, you are so stupid. All right. So, Stephanie, you gave us five weeks of yummy, yummy. And are we having week number one? Is it going in sequential order? Yes. All right. Walk us through it. Okay. Well, you really liked the animal cracker taste test, Jim. So I went with another taste comparison test. We are doing Yum Earth's organic candy corn versus your regular Brock's candy corn. Wow. Oh, right up my alley. I love candy corn. Which one should we try first? Um, do you want to go with the OG so we know what we're comparing okay. to? So let's go with the Brax first. Okay. My, um, by the way, my friend's six-year-old said that Billy should go as candy corn this year. Mm-hmm. That's so cute. I love it. Let's go with the original. As usual, it's taking me seven years to get in. It's wrapped very well. Well, okay. welcome. See, to me, I, candy corn always tastes like, just tastes like wax. To me, great. I'm that's your one comment for this segment. Thank you. Go it here. <laughs> Did your partner eat them, Scott? Oh, you actually have it, Scott. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm trying. Sorry, I'm trying the the like the Brock's standard yeah. one first. Okay. Yeah, that's we what we go. did first. I haven't that's had candy good. corn since probably last year. Me neither. Mm-hmm. Oh. Good. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a nice candy corn. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so fresh. Yeah. Johnson, you know I don't give me no shit. Oh, it's so mm-hmm. fresh. You know what else I like from the Brox Corporation? I like the pumpkins. Oh, that my God. Fun. Yes, Jim. Yeah. Yes. Oh, the I know. Well, John, is it any surprise you and I are food? No. Friends? No, not a surprise at all. However, I have <laughs> I like not to do the Yes. <laughs> you look at you with your fangs, Christine. Thank you. I always do that. <laughs> so if you're not here, uh, if you're not a Jim Lanahan and friends with benefits and you can't see us, Christine has shoved the candy corn onto her incisors and they look oh, like no. vampire fangs. My, my mom also likes those, um, the, the different melt away ones with a different shape. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. Brock makes the Halloween mix. Wait, and okay. so what is the second one though? What's the difference? It's like organic yum earth organic candy corn. John is already shaking his head no. Keep oh. it. Oh. <laughs> no. Keep it. Wait oh, it looks awful. The it's organic a- one has an aftertaste. Ma'am. What is that aftertaste? Like shit. I don't trash. Know. That's what it is. That aftertaste is trash. Oh. Oh, oh no. The aftertaste is literally uh, what I no. imagine vagina tasting like. I'm not kidding. That's it. Everyone, that's it. Scott, that's am I close? That's an insult to vaginas. That this is gross. It's disgusting. It doesn't taste anything like vaginas. No. Does it oh. taste like leather, <laughs> leathery nipple? What is it? Oh my god, what is that after? I don't know, I just I don't spit know. it out. It's disgusting. You guys, I have it's to go back good. to the original candy corn. Oh, that's exactly what I did. It has two tu- it has turmeric in it and shellac. Oh, that's why. Turmeric. That's it. Yeah. yeah. You know what it tastes like to me? Like an Indian garbage. Like there's an you know, sometimes when I'm eating Indian because it's all new spices. There's a spice flavor palette that I can't identify. That's uh-huh. how I feel about that organic corn. Definitely. That, no. Corn is disgusting. Yeah. Well, there's, <laughs> no, there's no what is that? Um, high fructose corn sugar. That's what's also missing. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> so yeah, good. No. By the way, I can't stop shoving the original candy corn in my mouth. Thank you, Stephanie. The my blood sugars are going to be away. at 510 by the end of the podcast. <laughs> it has rice protein in it as well. I mean, that's disgusting. It's no. I'm disgusted. Yeah, I very uh, much. Well, so the the verdict is a hard vote for traditional full sugar candy corn. Mm -hmm. Diabetes. There it is. Thank you, Stephanie. I can't go to Taco Bell. I'm on an all-carb diet. God, Karen, you're so stupid. I love how she says stupid, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. stupid. All right. Um, so listen, we have so many friends of this podcast. I needed to take a quick second again to say thank you to somebody. Last week, we thanked Craig Feldman and the team over at Parody Bill. They did our beautiful artwork. So the podcast artwork that you see on Apple Pods, Spotify, Google Play, that was done by the team at Parody Bill. They did our Facebook art for us. <clears throat> when you see anything on Instagram, that's all Parody Bill, and we love that. Them, and I thank them dearly for that. And then this past week, she's a little more covert about it, but Angelica Duffy did something very generous for our podcast. And I just wanted to say, we love you, Angelica. You're the best. And I wanted to acknowledge that quickly. So there are so many like angels working in the background for our podcast. And I'm just so very thankful because, you know, it's it takes a village, as Hillary said. So Um, Our podcast has a really large, fabulous, well-dressed village with proper morals, ethics, and voting habits in order. Thank you. Okay, so (laughs) we have a really, really fun guest this week. His name is Tom Lank. Let me take a quick minute to introduce him because there's a lot going on. His full official name is Thomas Lauren Lank. He's a wildly popular stage and television actor. He's probably best known for playing Andrew Wells in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and then the spinoff Angel, which is pretty cool. He was also in some of my favorite shows, Six Feet Under, How I Met Your mother nip tuck he was in the movies date movie he was in the transformers movie um near and dear to my heart tom was in rock of ages in los angeles and vegas and broadway he played franz who if you know franz has this breakout moment where he wears spandex and does aerobics and it's literally the greatest thing that's ever happened to me in a theater i i gay scream every time it happens um and by the way yesterday i was in the rock of ages theater here in los angeles and it was so sad because it was dark and like all the scenery was around and i was like oh god i wish we could have theater again um he is also beloved by theater fans for his show tilda swinton answers an ad on craigslist it seems everybody (laughs) i know saw this show in edinburgh and um it sold out there in edinburgh it sold out in hollywood in la and new york and then finally tom got a ton of attention not to mention a beautiful write-up in the new york times in february of 2017 for his hit Instagram series where he uses household items and trash to recreate fashion looks that he spots on the red carpet. We're so excited to welcome Tom Lank to the podcast. Yeah! Tom was so sweet to me a few months back. Before we had the official big podcast, 
I had a little Instagram show called Jim Lanahan and Friends. And Tom was one of the friends. He was one of my very first guests. And thanks so much for doing that show, Tom. And thanks for coming back today. It's so good to see you again. Thank you for having me. I have a lot of questions. A, why were you at a theater in Los Angeles yesterday? Oh, my God. It's top secret. I can't really talk about it. It's a oh, work wow. thing. Yeah. Oh, but, okay. Um, it, we were filming some stuff for my... Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. So the Rock of Ages, it's still there, maybe going to happen once everything who knows okay got it i hope so let me tell you some some dish um so the rock of ages physical set is still on that stage and then across the street and down a little bit is the pantages and you know what's sitting on that stage right now hamilton because hamilton loaded in and was ready to go and they and then COVID hit so there's a lot of theaters around the country that just have full broadway shows sitting empty on their wow. stages yeah wow. it's crazy um, uh, by the way, that fit that moment that you mentioned in the Rock of Ages musical, that was my idea. The ripping, I said, this song needs something, and I think it needs a, a tearaway costume, and underneath there is a spandex onesie. It's so good. It's amazing. <laughs> we should so say you're your welcome. character you're welcome, and the character uh, Regina? Regina. Regina, yeah. Regina. <laughs> so good do a little aerobic stance and it's amazing and you're both in um very 80s attire it's fabulous yeah my my friend patty wortham and i sort of came up with that whole little situation there that's so just good. the weird thing like you do you just do like a little show with your friends in la and then it goes on to become a a worldwide sensation yeah a hit truly um and listen, when we spoke last, quarantine had just started. You were with family up in Ventura County. Yeah, I'm back in Los Angeles. How has um, life changed for you? Just, I've really, I'm just leaning into the letting myself go. I don't know about you guys, <laughs> but uh, about you all. Um, just... I go through phases, like I had a, like a two week phase of fitness <laughs> and then that went away. <laughs> um, and we've, we've been letting ourselves go for months now. Did you see that meme last week that was, um, was a, a gentleman trimming the top of a palm tree and it's sort of like leaning over and then mm -hmm. he cuts it and then it sort of flings him mm -hmm. back and forth. Um, I feel like, I feel like that's where we're all at right now. Mm -hmm. We are on that palm tree swaying back and forth, holding on for dear life. That's for sure. And it's not going to stop swaying till um, November. We are all, yeah, not all of us, but those of us who are, uh, <laughs> not terrible people are um i was waiting for the uh adjective there because <laughs> uh, i've just decided that i've not i've just decided that but i've thought this for a long time is that um uh there's there's clearly good guys and bad guys on this whole thing what am i i don't even know i i shouldn't even go down this is this a political podcast? What is this? What are we talking about? <laughs> but you're trying to say you're not what I call a Trump humper. 
Correct. Right. <laughs> I'm a bleeding heart liberal. And I think if you are in any way, shape, or form a progressive thinker, a liberal, a um, uh, a person who cares about humanity, then you have been feeling a little stressed in the last four years. And now with all this, you're, re- you're just, um, you know, I think we're all just uh, eager to, to get to November. I'm here to bring your podcast down. <laughs> Did you just do Bell Cry from Alphabet and Wicked? <laughs> Not intentionally, but uh, I mean. <laughs> That's so funny. Now, so how about work for you? So TV is kind what of What is back. work? What is it? I've never heard of it. <laughs> so things haven't really opened back up for you in terms no. of auditions or production. No. Well, auditions have slowly started to come in. Um, but it's so dumb. Like commercial, like a lot of us working class actors, you know, commercials was a way to... Um, you know, to, to earn a living and sustain your career. And, uh, like I thought the nice part would be like, Oh, we can be anywhere. Like maybe I could move to Seattle for a year and enjoy some rainy weather because (laughs) everything is, um, you know, we're doing all of our auditions via zoom now, et cetera. But they can't even let us enjoy that because they're like, you must be in LA because we're not going to book you. Like they're doing crazy things like, mm. um, like just leaving you on a veil, which is this dumb thing that they do. Like we're putting you on a veil and we're not going to take it off because um, in case the person, when they get to set test positive for COVID, we need to have you on backup, but we're also not going to pay you to hold you. Um, and you can't be out of town because we might make, uh, our our minds up last minute, and so you will won't know you're doing the job until basically nothing's changed. I thought we might have <laughs> this like lovely time where we could just like be sending our auditions in, but no, you need to be here trapped in town. Yeah. But also, like uh, it's interesting because we you know they're like, are you okay doing a co- an in person callback? And I'm like, don't we have technology please let us just have as little contact as possible um but uh you know it's it's corporate business and they don't don't care about the little people which is which is us again i'm here to bring this (laughs) so i uh, something i think is interesting um you know we we have however many thousands people listening to this every week. And I think a low percentage of those people work in our business. So something that might be interesting is because we all tend to talk about work on very kind of insider terms, you know, um, tell us a little bit about what it is to be a working actor. That's the phrase you used. What is it to audition? And here's, here's like the million dollar question. If I'm a listener and I live in Iowa and maybe I work for the state, maybe I'm an accountant uh, and I know Tom Lank from Buffy. I think in my head, Tom Lank is famous and he's a, he's a successful actor because he was on Buffy, right? And I think that is very not the reality for a lot of working actors. So tell us a little bit about like, what is the actor's life? What is an average 
week kind of look like for you, Tom? What, what are you actually doing to prepare an audition? Well, in the, in the before times, uh, this is what it was like, uh, which I can best describe as those of you who have a, a non-entertainment uh, job, you, um, to get that job right, you, you went to interviews for jobs, um, and you would prepare for each interview. You'd have a resume. You'd go there in person. And maybe, you know, there were steps along the way. Um, but, you know, I'd say most of you probably put a lot of thought and preparation into that interview. And then you got the job. Um, and perhaps you'll stay at a job for a year, three years, five years. Who knows? Um, so just imagine that process of going to that job interview uh, for that for that job and the preparation you put into it. And then imagine that you have to do that like four times a week. And then sometimes you get that job and it lasts one day. It does not last five years. So then you start the whole (laughs) process all over again. That to me, it just feels like uh, being a working actor is a nonstop. It's a, it's a year-round job interview at all times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, I don't know, it's for, if you're not a famous rich actor, then you, um, you're just sort of at the mercy of the whims of everyone above you that's making the decision like, oh, we, uh, mm, we want someone with different hair. No, no. Uh, no, the other person we hired is too tall and they're too short. Like you just, there's nothing in your control. And I I would say that as I progressed in my career and in age, my friends are, you know, I'm at the age where people are starting to become CEOs and running things and, and directing things and being in charge. I'm still at the mercy. I'm still at the bottom of the rung because at the end of the day, um, you, you don't get to be, as an actor, unless you're, you know, Reese Witherspoon and running, also running your own production company and being the producer and calling the shots, uh, we are just we're for for hire, and we get bossed around. Um, and there's occasionally some glamour. <laughs> occasionally, <laughs> bring in the show, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for you to play Alphaba. It's going to be amazing. Uh, I I I hear you, and I think uh, well, basically what I'm trying to say is it's a bit of, it's a struggle because uh, we're you know unless you land I like okay today there was on Twitter the thing that was going around was um, people were posting like. I was 32 when I got my first writing job. I was 29 when I um, when I did my first acting job. I went to grad school. And, like, all I don't know. I don't know what these these tweets are supposed to be doing. But um, trying I, to lift their spirits, and you're you're not. Yeah, too basically, old, it's like perhaps, yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like um, Vera Wang designed her first dress at yeah, what 45, 50? I can't remember. Um, but. Uh, so I posted one that was said, I won my first Emmy when I was 21. And then I, <laughs> I won my second one when I was 56. Um, <laughs> both of these things are not true. Uh, <laughs> 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 I won 
was your best friend and I was so confused for a minute. I was like, oh, I totally fucked this show up. Oh yeah, you didn't. Yeah, you, yeah. I'm, I'm making a silly, but no one realized it was a silly. Where was I going with this story? Well, um, self-congratulatory actors tweeting. Um, uh, what? Where was I going? About having to prepare. After, yeah. is that it, it's kind of a little bit of a hamster wheel, right? Yeah. Unless you land, stops, and very rarely are you able to get off the wheel and just climb up the ladder. Yeah. Well, I, that's what I want to say was uh, that uh, you know I would I would have loved to have posted. I was 35 when I booked my series right first series regular, but I've never been a series regular, and a lot of people measure success. At, mm-hmm. at that um and so it's so then it, it i did spiral a little bit and i went down my own imdb credits and i was like am i successful i've only been on each of these things like one time <laughs> um so what does that say like no one wants to hire me again am i terrible you know so compare despair uh but you're right it's a it's a it's a bit of a hamster wheel until you land on that show and make Sick. the the big the big money. It's that yeah. goddamn star meter that really drives me crazy. You know, on the IMD oh. Pro where you're like, what's I mean, the whole thing's a scam. We have, to, uh, what are they we have to sign up for <laughs> if you if you pay money to IMDB, you can have control yeah. of the photo that they choose. Exactly. And let me exactly. tell you, the photo that they choose. Is always terrible. It always is. <laughs> and 20 years old. Yeah. And like what you also, it is weird that Amazon owns that company and then they make you pay money in order to um, control access. your own information. Yeah. It's so weird. Ugh. Yeah. And what casting director is going to be like deciding between two actors and being like, I don't know, let me check their star meter and see. I mean, as if actors aren't competitive enough, they yeah. need to look at each other's star meters and be like, oh, well, let me tell you, this. <laughs> you know, I work in live. I don't work in TV or film. I work in the live space. I have never heard of a star meter and I'm really? this. I'm one half step from you guys. So there yeah. you go. No one gives a shit except for y'all shit. who are like on the hamster wheel, right? Exactly. It's like, and well, agents, they do. They agents look are at always it like, because like if you, if, yeah, they look at your star meter. And also, like, if you're an agent, like, I know when I was shopping for an agent, like, I would go to their client list and you would see, like, okay, well, they, mm-hmm. um, do they have clients that are have star meters above me? Because that's what I want. I don't want, a bunch of people that are like, I want aspirational. I want to be at that level. So like yeah. if I'm looking at, I feel like people must be, um, you know, people, people at CAA are being judged by their clients, uh, star meters. And yeah, I'm one. sure they are. And, and, and how many Twitter followers they have. And, also that reminds uh, me, yeah. uh, can we just get, I know I participated in the award shows scenarios, uh, <laughs> But I just, I, the thing with the Emmys last week, I was just like, really? Uh, most of us can't go to work, or some of us have to go to work. <laughs> uh, children can't go to school. Mm-hmm. It's a pandemic. But 
The Emmys will go on. Not <laughs> Fred. We will give you the award show that you yearn for. Like, no. Can you just cancel it? Because mm-hmm. it's all so fake. Like, what? Why are we making these people compete against each other for a trophy? Like, you all won. You're all rich now. Yeah, you're all. Yeah. Well, not everybody oh, won. Only Shit's Creek won. Only Shit's Creek won. <laughs> I oh, remember the year 9-11 happened. They postponed it two weeks. And then Ellen was the host <laughs> that year. And it was like, really? Like, we were literally in New York still smelling fumes of dead bodies. Oh, They're like, God. the yeah. Emmys will happen with Ellen. And it was and like, us, that Ellen. doesn't make sense. <laughs> By no. the way, on the topic of Ellen, oh, very controversial. I know. Oh, do it, Tom Lank. Do go it. Go for Here it. Go. Here we go. <laughs> I don't have any personal experience with her, but I have known enough people who have mm-hmm. worked the, mm-hmm. with the, their, her, okay, here's, here's what I will say. <laughs> Me, the whole thing, like, no, most people don't like their boss, right? Like, bosses in general are not, right? Like, mm-hmm. A lot of them are bad people, and a lot of them have bad behavior. And do- we love our boss here at Jim Lanahan and Friends. <laughs> well, the yes, things I've heard about him, yeah. <laughs> waiting to be canceled. <laughs> um, but I will say the thing that really chops my hide about the whole Ellen situation is that um, you, by all means, like do do business, make business decisions that you know are and they're that are not friendly. You don't have to be, especially because she's a woman and there is such a uh, double standard for women in power. Uh, Her actions done by a man might just be seen as someone in charge, that whole thing. But to me, the the whole thing that upsets me is that of all the friends that I've had, their experiences, et cetera, is it's the hypocrisy of be kind that gets me mm. like you can totally like f- do like run your company and make me be mean because no one says you have to be nice at a company um but don't make your catchphrase be kind because yeah. to me that's like that's where she shot that's herself it. In the that's foot. exactly yeah. it yeah. exactly that she's saying the opposite of what she's doing because like if if she was like hey like i I'm a bitch, and I know, like, the Chelsea Handler vibe of it all, like, oh, yeah, I'm, like, I'm a nightmare to be with, and um, I'm I'm going to be a bitch, and I'm going to... Or even Wendy Williams. Yeah, yes, <laughs> Wendy Williams. Like, uh, own it. Own that, but don't don't make your whole brand the complete opposite of, mm-hmm. of how you're... Um, and just imagine trying to live up to that after you've created that brand, like having try you know i don't know if she does this but if she's try just tries to be nice all the time that's got to be exhausting you know like people just coming up to her and i'm not defending her but at the same time be kind is just they're just two words but like when people take that seriously and they're constantly like oh well she wasn't that kind today when it's easy well, to you know be, it's like quote unquote be kind easy. when you're yeah. cutting, cutting checks for ten thousand dollars exactly uh to give the appearance of 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 being kind but mm. um for the you know those of you outside of la like it's you know there, there's there's a difference i think between gossip and like when you've known enough people that have yeah. worked on on the set and just knowing their experiences like we 
it was a fully open secret mm. for like 10 years at least before all of this stuff hit the news. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah. How do you all think she will fare now that she's apologized and acknowledged it publicly? Is this reparable? Is it reparable internally? And is the PR reparable? I think so. You know, America loves a comeback. They love somebody who falls off their their shiny horse and then gets back on and everybody's I don't like, oh. want to come back. I've been yeah. here for years. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if she, um, it may not matter because I think she only, what, has a year left on her. To me, also, the thing that is unforgivable was the whole situation with um, with Bush and that whole, like, be kind. We have to reach out and be kind. It's like, no. Like, I thank you for everything you did for the LGBT community uh, prior to this, the steps that you've made by being the first to come out. But also, I think that when rich people get real rich, they're... They lose a little bit of touch with reality, and their main concern is to do things that help them to remain rich. And I don't know if they're making the, the best decisions um, in the name of, you know, humanity. Yep. Turn a light on. Hold on. Yeah, and I agree with that. The only thing I will add, um, and it's going to sound like I'm being counterculture here, and I don't mean to, but having worked for large companies and small entertainment companies, there is something that happens when you become very successful where you start delegating decisions and mm -hmm. delegating responsibilities. And it doesn't um, absolve you of responsibility, but it is possible that certain things were happening that she didn't know about. Uh, maybe she could have adjusted more quickly. Maybe she could have responded in real time, you know, but I I, I do think also in terms of the, the question I asked about repairing, culture is the hardest thing to change and process is the second hardest thing to change in an organization. So I don't know how quickly it's going to happen, but I think she will benefit from all the noise in our head from this election cycle. I don't think people ultimately will give it too much attention. I think she'll just kind of fly under the radar and still be around in a year. Yep. I agree. I also think a lot of her audience is like my mom, and I don't know if, <laughs> if they're like gonna care as much. Yeah, no. They're kind of, they're your kind of your mom's horrible too. Honestly, <laughs> your mom is a horrible person. She's yes. The worst. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, they're right. twin peas in a pod. There. Listen, um, I, I I have to get to the Instagram. Uh, I just started following Tom on TikTok. And he's putting oh, his TikToks. I've got nothing there. There's no. I can't. You know what? I I I conquered one social media thing. Do I have to conquer them all? <laughs> no. Like, no one, care, yes, no one cares about my TikTok. <laughs> yes, Jim. you do. You no one cares about it. No one's going to it. But by all means, continue. I I happen to agree with you. I don't like TikTok. I don't get it. I don't understand what it's about. I think TikTok is is the Twitter. I don't understand it. I don't nothing lives forever on TikTok. It's all just new now next and then it goes away. And it's like, no, I want I want to have a, a, an impression here. I want to have a record, you know. But I will say 
you're putting your TikToks on Instagram. So everybody go follow Tom on Instagram and you'll see the TikToks. Um, you've taught me how to make an Asian inspired fried dumpling. That was delicious. Thank you so much. Um, you taught me not to do yoga on a paddleboard, which was hilarious. Uh, literally hilarious. It made me laugh out loud today. But people um, in Los Angeles are doing yoga on paddleboards in the middle of the ocean. And I think it's dangerous. I think, I don't know. I have a friend who's actually a uh, pad, yoga paddleboard instructor. That's what she does for a living. I is mean, her, it's too much. Is her back covered in cancer because from the sunburns? No, it's Just covered in tattoos, mostly. Okay, well, still, I hope she's using SPF or some sort of rash guard because they're just in downward dog for, for hours, it seems like, getting sunburned. My absolute favorite TikTok moment is a story that I'm hoping you will share with us. And it's about that time you were in school in a woodworking class and you made your mom a handmade oven push-pull utensil tool. Okay, you guys. Uh, I <laughs> <laughs> in seventh grade, I took wood, wood shop and then became obsessed with it. Ended up taking it every quarter as my elective. Well, I, sh I should have been like in art class, whatever. Anyway, one of the first things we had to make was an oven push pull. And it's an item so that you could pull out the oven rack. So it had like a little hook on the end of it. So you could pull out the oven and then like a divot so you could push it back in. And I'm pretty sure we made it for like also, this is very sexist because it was like, hey, make this for your, like, give this to your mom. Oh, because mm -hmm. moms do the cooking. Okay. But, you know, mm -hmm. whatever. This is the, this is the, this is the 90s. So I apologize. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and the oven push pull, I've looked up on the internet what they're supposed to look like. And, um, and I, by the way, the, what I, the shape that I cut out was from, like, we, it was like a, a standard, you know, not like a cookie cutter, but there, there was a template and we all made the same shape. <laughs> and the shape of this device was basically that of a medium-sized dildo. <laughs> <laughs> and so I can't help but thinking like, oh my God, wait, was our woodshop teacher like fully trolling us? And... <laughs> Like, give this to your mom. Like, we, like, I basically made a dildo for, we all made Very dildos mom. for our moms. Because <laughs> um, it definitely I hope you boned like them so they wouldn't chip or you get It was, well, that's the thing. They, we sanded them, we waxed yeah. them, they were very yeah. smooth. Gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> also, I'm just Did you ever see her open the oven with it? No, no, I wouldn't use that thing. I'm like, Mom, why do you still have this? Uh, the <laughs> been in that drawer collecting dust. Thank God. Um, I'm just remembering though that my woodshop teacher rode his bike to school every morning, and he would come in wearing like spandex. We def I was definitely looking at his bulge in the spandex, and definitely around. That must be why I took woodshop every morning. Was. <laughs> And that was your inspiration for Franz in Rock of Ages. Repress, yeah. repress homosexuality. All right. How are you doing? It's so good. I remember in seventh grade, 
I had Miss Wankajovic. And Miss Wankajovic was my home ec teacher. And she was the butchest woman I had met <laughs> up until that point in my life in seventh grade. And then Mrs. Wankajovic, we had um, unit one in home ec was blueberry muffins. I got an A plus. Don't worry. Unit two was <laughs> sauces. I got an A plus. Don't worry. Unit three was like meats in the oven. And I only got an A minus because my chicken was dry. And then we also had to take, oh God, it was home ec. And then it was, uh, Christine went to the same school as me. What was our like, oh, it was called technology or something. Wasn't yeah, it? or it's like something. To, yeah. It was our woodworking equivalent, Tom. And Mrs. Wanka, Miss Wankajovic also taught technology because you know she was a, a sturdy woman as we might say i don't know anything <laughs> about her personal life um so but all we did in technology was i made a ceramic frog with a giant mouth that my mom could put her her sponge in that's right she, you know we all made the giant frog i think did you have anyway, a class did you have a class called quest oh no is it for gifted and talented kids? No, I was in that as well. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was the gate program. Gate Ours was called Directions. Yeah, gate. What? Erections? New Directions. Oh, New Directions. <laughs> new Directions. By the way, I was gifted and talented in Erections. So thanks, Stephanie, for validating. <laughs> new Directions. That's the acapella group I was in high school. <laughs> um, uh, uh, yeah, no, Quest was like, I think it was supposed to be about like discovering your body in sex ed, but what? in a very sort of like, where did you go to school? I, here in Southern, Southern California. So it was oh, okay. sort of progressive, but, um, but, but hidden behind a wall of Ventura County Republicanism, I'm assuming. <laughs> well, Tom, let me tell you this. So Christine, who's a co-host here, I've known her since the first day of kindergarten. We had our first Discover Your Body class in fifth grade. The girls had it first, because they're more mature. The boys had it second. In fact, the boys didn't get that first class until sixth grade, but the girls got to go in fifth grade. I was in Christine's fifth grade class. We were friends. So Christine and the other girls went to the class. They learned, they had the movie about Here's what it means to menstruate. This is what's going to happen to your boobs. They had a discussion about training bras, and they had a discussion about boundaries with boys who are going to get flirty. They had all the talks. They also, in the movie, saw what the male genitalia looks like. So Christi the girls come back, and I remember vividly, I was by, we had this children's <laughs> pool filled with crayfish, and I was, like, playing with this little crayfish, and I was like, oh, this is awkward, the girls are back, I don't know what's happening, <laughs> you know, and Christine came up to me, and she whispered in my ear, I know what your pee-pee looks like. <laughs> I don't remember this, but I, I don't doubt it. I don't. <laughs> She's like, that's on brand. Yeah. So, yeah. Christine was on a quest. She was on a quest, mm -hmm. and uh, she got all the answers a year before I did. <laughs> I mean, first of all, the male member, what a nightmare. What a disgusting, like, can you imagine, I just can't be imagine, um, 
just having to learn what one looked like as a kid, like that just seems so scary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, luckily I had one, so I knew what it looked, but like, I just can't even, it's just like, it's hanging off your body. Like what's it doing out there? I don't know. It seems suspicious. Yeah. But utterly low maintenance, I know. you know, that's the thing. Like, well, I can't listen, imagine you guys, having a vagina. That's my, like, I thought, high maintenance. I like it. I'm a big fan. Mine has a hook and I can use it to take an oven rack in and out. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Well, Stephanie's like, we're deleting, we're deleting this. We're deleting all of this. Your part back that's not so low maintenance. Guys. That's what I'm curious about is like, so what? I was doing sex ed in 19, early 90s, I guess. Uh, like, what if you were a child that didn't have a circumcised penis and the picture in the book is just this thing and you're like, mine doesn't look like that. What's wrong with me? Yeah. Like, that's terrifying. Yeah. Um, also, I thought, I definitely thought women pooped the baby out of their butt mm. well into. I too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like, I definitely at least till eighth grade, I thought that it just came out their butt. Mm-hmm. And I was scared I was going to have to have a baby. That was mine. I was so fearful as maybe like a seven or eight-year-old kid that I was going to have to have one because I thought men pooped them out too. And then my mom had to explain everything to me. So, yeah, I totally get that. What a relief. You're not going to Mother told me out. that the women <laughs> peed out of their butts. And I believe that well until my high school years. Oh, my God. Yeah. I had an adult female friend who believed that she actually peed out of her vaginal canal she didn't realize that there was another opening mm. oh yeah so wow. she needs so to it, go to quest yeah <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a video game from the 80s <laughs> all right listen um so uh, as we know tom is legendary e, 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 for his trash couture on instagram uh it is it is the absolute best thing in the world. If you have not followed Tom Lank on Instagram, go follow him right now. He basically takes red carpet looks. And let me say this better. Looks, honey. L-E-W-K-S. Looks. He takes red carpet looks and he recreates them with household items, sometimes trash. And so I thought it might be a good time to play a quick game show with Mr. Lank. It's time to play Trash Couture. Sudden death. All right, you guys. So I thought we would just put Tom's trash couture skills to the test. I would give him some well-known celebrities and ask him how he would create those looks. I can't, by the way, I can't say it like the other gays. Looks, honey. Um, how he would say Luke, how he could do Luke's. I can't do it. I feel like I'm trying to do like, I feel like I'm at Ikea trying to be Swedish, but it's not working. <laughs> Imagine it like an umlaut. It's definitely like an U, yeah. U, like an O with the umlaut over Draw it. Like you are. Luke. Luke. I didn't know there was a different pronunciation. Or, or it could be Scottish about it. Link Luke for less. Luke. 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 Oh, wait. Yeah. Luke. Link Luke. The Luke. Luke. I am your father. Luke. Hey, Gettle. Hey, Gettles. You got the Luke. 
<laughs> you know, I learned that from a social massage. If you want to say Spice Girls with a Scottish accent, you just say Space Ghetto. Space Ghettos. Space Ghettos. Space Ghettos. Oh, Space Ghettos. Yeah. Space Ghettos. I love, I love the Space Ghettos. Space Ghettos. <laughs> See, nope. I'm, hor- I'm horrible at all of it. Okay. <laughs> Tom, question number one. Anyone else playing? Who am I competing against? Trash. Only you, buddy. Couture. Only you. <laughs> Trash. Couture. Couture. song. Sudden death. Yes. Wow. Wow. I'm impressed at the production value. I love a sound effect. <laughs> Tom, the incredible Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed last week. She was well known for her feminine updo elegant collar, and judge's robe. How would you recreate her look for your Instagram series? Well, obviously a judge's robe can be achieved very easily with a trash bag. Um, uh, so you would just do that as the, as the, the robe part. And, um, you know, she was uh, quite famous for her, her, uh, Neckwear, the accoutrement. Is there a word for the accoutrement that she was? Is it a collar? Collar. But what is it specifically when it's a judge's like collar? A, do- a doily. Flare. Uh-huh. Like flare. Okay. Uh, don't listen to Scott. He is heterosexual. Okay. Well, um, I know there is he, a word he may for be it. heterosexual, but he's on to the, uh, the thing I would use. I would use <laughs> doilies to make that um, item. See? You see? Ah. Straight guy gets a point. Yeah, <laughs> I love you it. You could also use, um, you could, well, if you want to stay in the trash bag thematically, uh, we could we'd take those white twisty ties that come in the trash bag box and sort of intertwine them and twist and make our own um, collar thingy. All right. Well, Did I get it right? Who know, how do you know if it's right? Um, I, you know, I think we all just know you're right. I, you know what I'm going to give you? I'm going to give you a, you win. Yes. <laughs> okay. Round two. Round two. Round two. And just any, any excuse to play the sound effect again. Trash. Couture. Trash. Couture. Sudden death. You are the weakest link. (laughs) (laughs) Which is coming back, by the way. Yeah, with Jane Lynch, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Tom, Mm -hmm. vice presidential nominee Kamala Harris is well known for her power pantsuits, sassy haircut, and a sensible shoe for pounding the pavement in Washington. What household items would you use to recreate her Luke? Um, well, first off, I think, oh, do we need to acknowledge that, um, that obviously her, her, her knowledge and her talents go way beyond just fashion, etc. cetera. Uh, but she's been wearing Converse lately and um, like a, uh, like a sensible boot. Um, what are those boots called? Like a, 
when she gets off the airplane, I've noticed that. So, oh, her butters. That's a, um, oh, what, uh, uh, um, Timberland. Timberland. Yes, thank you. Um, so, yeah, you could just use those if you have those around the house. Wait, what was the question? What would I make her, her sensible outfits out of? Yeah. How well, it's difficult up? because she's wearing, um, she's wearing streetwear, which is, you know, it's harder to, to recreate because I, I, I've tried. I've tried to make jackets out of, but she's, she wears a lot of blue. So um, I've, I have made jackets out of Ikea bags before. Um, so I would do that and give her like an Ikea, you know, the, the traditional blue bag um, for the jacket. And then Jean, she's usually wearing like a, like a, a skinny pant. So you could just wear pants or if you wanted to be non, um, if you wanted to really keep it in the alternative materials universe, you could, um, you, you could safety pin, um, no, you could, you, um, you could cut, oh, you could cut apart, you could cut apart. Uh, what would I make spandex out of if I didn't use spandex? Uh, dish towels. your wheels turn. You could safety pin <laughs> dish towels together to make the leggings. Uh-huh. And then I would just be lazy about it and, and wear the, wear some Converse. I love it. I love it. And I have to say, I think you hit it on the head with Kamala. She's the most relatable person that we will have had in the White House or the VP seat ever. Like, like no, she, not just no more nonsense. than Michelle, right? She's so relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I feel like she's been like, you know, she's been in the trenches. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and she worked... I mean, not that uh, also, Michelle Obama worked her, her way up and whatnot, but you know, like just le- the more I learn about um, Kamala, it's just really cool to, um, I don't know, just to learn about her family, um, you know, being biracial in this country is mm-hmm. definitely not easy mm-hmm. now or before now. And so I just think it's amazing that we have someone so qualified who is able to uh, represent, like give a voice to those people out there. Like girls can look up to her. People yeah. can look up to her who, are, who have the similar experience in this country. Um, so I think it would be, I'm just so excited to, um, to vote for her. Absolutely. Yeah. By the way, I love that answer. Well done. Yeah. I saved it. I saved it with Kamala compliments. Because <laughs> I, I don't know if I would have given me a win on that on my construction answer. Oh, I think I gave you a win also on the inspiration talk around Kamala. I think she's amazing. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm a little inspired. Can I try one, you guys? Do it. Sure. Okay. Jim Lanahan, get ready to play Sudden Death. Trash Couture. <laughs> oh my God. Trash. You guys. Couture. I just peed my pants a little bit. Trash. Couture. Sudden death. All right, John, go ahead and ask me a question. All right, Jim. So the question we are going to ask you today is this. Megan Kelly is a controversial news personality and TV host who many believe is very, very terrible. Her fame came when uh, she worked on Fox News before being fired from her own show on NBC. 
Parma. She was let go after making a series of racially insensitive remarks on live television. How would you recreate her signature awful looks using household items? Thank you for this question, John. Um, what I would do is I would get a large, hefty trash bag and I would shove that bitch into the bag and okay. I would punch her right in the lady taco and oh, I would oh. dump that bitch in the Hudson River. Thank you. Okay, there it is. There it is. Oh, Great thank answer. you. Thank you very much. Ooh, Great answer. What? You can call me Donatella Versace if you want. I have the gift when it comes to Couture. I just, and I knew what Megan would want. So, all right, you guys. Um, I'm not as good at that game as Tom Lank is, obviously. <laughs> and Tom um, never punched a lady in the taco. Yes, so. I do not. I do not personally condone violence uh, against women. Even against Megan Kelly. I, 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 yes, I would not, uh, I would not be violent because I'm a nonviolent person, but That's, she, yeah. but she is trash. I will, I will call her trash, but <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I do not, I, I, please don't, please don't put anyone in a trash bag and, and hurt them. Now I am everybody. I am kidding about Megan Kelly, but fun fact, uh, Megan Kelly is from upstate New York, grew up about 15 minutes from where Christine and Scott and I grew up. She and did? Where'd she it, go up? She a dumpster? Delmar, New York, right outside no. Albany. So okay. she's from just west of Albany, and Scott and Christine and myself are from just north of Albany. Um, she went to Albany Law. She's she's an upstate New York gal, so it's always embarrassing when I hear this. Hey, were we Albany talking about Megan, Megan Kelly or Megan McCain? I got confused. Megan Kelly. <laughs> Megan Kelly. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, they're, they're both trash, so I, it's fine. It's yeah. Fine. Okay, Megan McCain, um, very pregnant right now. I would never punch a, lady, a, a pregnant lady in the taco. Never. And uh, <laughs> she's from Arizona. <laughs> but she's, Her father. Go on. No, she's just, oh, God, I mean, why Why is she still on the view? Why do they let, I mean, I guess it's good ratings, right? Yeah, watch ratings. Them watch them screaming at each other. Yep. I watch the view whenever there is a um, news moment, because I want to hear what Whoopi has to say, and I want to hear what Joy has to say because she's sassy, and I, I find it entertaining. And I'll tell you, every guest goes on The View and says, no matter what it is, no matter what the topic is, they start answering Megan's question by saying, first, Megan, I want to say I was very close with your father and I have nothing but great respect for John McCain. And it's like, oh, that's why she's on the show. She's John McCain's daughter and she has a voice and she's not afraid to use it. But there's, it's so much bigger than who she is and what she lends to the show because of her last name, clearly. Anyway, <laughs> there you have it. There you Put have me it, on the view. I want that seat. Yeah. Well, Ross Matthews famously tells a story about he almost became the first boy to get the seat, and uh, then they they fired the entire panel. Um, but he was going to sit um, in the year Jenny McCarthy did it. He was going to sit next to Jenny McCarthy and Whoopi Goldberg. Mm. So, but they've never gone with a boy since. Well, uh, it defeats the purpose. It's supposed to be a place for I guess so. Yeah, women um, yeah. to discuss things. Uh, all right, Tom, you're the best. You're such a good sport. Please tell everybody where we can find you. Give us the social handles and let us know. You're doing a ton lately, by the way. And thank you for this. I wanted to mention this. 
you're doing a lot for Ali Forney Center and the LA LBGDQ Center. I've been seeing it on your Instagram. So thank you for participating in that just as a member of the community. So where can we find more Tom Lank? Yeah, uh, at Tommy Lank on Instagram or at Tom Lank on Twitter. And yeah, I just I decided I would say yes to any charity Zooms for the month of what are we in September? And so it did make the month go by fast. Um, I did some work for the San Francisco Chamber Music. Uh, wait, no, what are they called? The the Chamber Music Society of San Francisco, um, the LA LGBT Center. Um, who else did I do things for? Oh, Freddie Puza, who is running for, he's a Democrat, a progressive Democrat running for city council in Culver City. Um, so I'm just trying to, you know, uh, spread the good word and, you know, as much as I've complained about the, uh, Hollywood shenanigans in this podcast, um, it's nice to be able to at least to, to do, uh, I may not be able to work right now, but at least I can, um, donate my time to some, some things I believe in and I believe in supporting the arts and, uh, progressive Democrats and LGBTQ centers so, um, I don't know, join me in supporting any of those things. Absolutely. I think we all, you know, anybody with a sensible head on their shoulders believes in those things and more. So thanks, Tom. And y'all, we will be right back without Tom. That makes me so sad after Bye, this commercial bitches. break. Thank you, Tom. Thanks, Thank you, my summer children. Christine, did you know that Jim Lanahan and Friends podcast is sponsored by Jim Lanahan on Cameo? Why, yes, Jim. We talk about it every week on the podcast. <laughs> I love Cameo. So tell me more. Well, repetition is our friend, right? If you go to Cameo and search for Jim Lanahan, you can order a personalized message from Jim Lanahan, and all proceeds go directly back to supporting this podcast. That's how, that helps us keep the podcast for fun and for free. I love free things! Girl, me too. Also, every Cameo order not only includes personalized videos from Jim Lanahan, but also da -da -da -da, grants you admission to our live podcast audience. You get to watch us record this podcast and see all the content that doesn't make it into the final version. That makes you a Jim Lanahan and friend with benefits. I love friends with benefits. So go to cameo.com today and search for Jim Lanahan and get your personalized message and support this podcast. That's cameo.com. Search for Jim Lanahan. I mean, I, that was pretty good. <laughs> I like the straight Jim Lenahan. 
Straight Jim Lanahan. <laughs> I do. I really like the straight Jim Lanahan. As you shoot across the sky. Tom Lang, he's a good time, right? Yeah, he's fun. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like one of those interesting working actors in LA because I, I, I think those people are interesting because in my line of work, and I work on, on Broadway shows mostly, I, I don't know people like Tom who, who just keep toiling at it and toiling at it and toiling at it and toiling mm-hmm. at it. It's a different thing when you're studying voice and dance and he's an actor. That's what he yeah. does. He's an actor, you know? I just think it's so interesting. And I especially was excited to um, see Scott and Christine interacting with him because you're both actors. So I thought that was really interesting. Can I just say that I liked how honest they were about their process? Like, I think sometimes... When I talk to folks who are in the industry, it's all glitter, rainbows, and yeah, I'm on this show, and I'm on this show, and I'm on this show, and oh my God, all these great things are happening. And for them, they were just kind of like, <laughs> this, this is hard. <laughs> that's, not, yeah. that's what I ultimately yeah. heard. And I yeah. love that that was so honest. So I, I really, if you do talk to them outside of this, like thank them for me. To, it's, it's just, it's nice to know that someone else is, you know, talking about stuff that we're told not to talk about in the industry. So. Yeah. Yeah, I do love the honesty there for mm-hmm. sure. And you guys, how about my new sound effects for the game show? Oh, love gosh. them. I mean, they brought a lot to the table, right? It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. You're always uh, a step ahead of us, Jimmy. It's well, fantastic. you know, I, you know what, Scott? I keep it fresh. <laughs> and uh, I believe we're, Christy, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first time you've done this particular segment on the podcast. Yeah. No, you are wrong. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Second well, time. Here's Christine's second time doing <laughs> the paranormal report. All right, Christine, um, (laughs) tell us about (laughs) some paranormal activity. Well, the last time we did this segment, I was convinced I was being um, haunted by Bob Barker's ghost on the set of Big Brother, even though he hadn't already died. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Okay. So um, I've moved on from that. So cool. Um, but it's, you know, it's starting to become Halloween season, which is my favorite time of the year. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a little bit difficult this year, you know, with everything that's going on, because all my favorite events are being canceled. Um, but I've been having an experience lately that I wanted to talk about in that I don't know that I would ever really consider myself someone that's super sensitive, like, but I have been having recurring instances of being woken up 
by hearing somebody call my name. Oh. And it's happened mm. a lot. I mean, I'd probably say in the last month, at least 10 times. And I didn't know if anybody has had this happen to them. Mm. Wow. Is Do it you- a voice you know? No, it is a male's voice. It is not a male, it's not a voice that I can that I recognize. And it always is like, as I'm starting to come out of sleep and it's, it's not just something like in a dream. Like I definitely hear it. Christine, that was me. I was outside of your (laughs) balcony. I had forgotten my key and needed you to let me in. (laughs) 10 times, Jim, 10 times. (laughs) By the way, that's funny, John. But what I thought the reaction was going to be was this. No, Jim, it was a man's voice. Oh gosh. It wasn't you know a lady voice. That was yeah. that's you know yeah you know me oh so well, Jim. Uh, <laughs> I actually but, had that in my brain, but I didn't want to say it out loud. No, I'm, oh, I get it all the time. Well, welcome yeah. to me at a Dunkin' Donuts drive-in. Thank you, ma'am. Pull around. Right, okay. same, <laughs> ma'am. Can I help you? Yeah. No, I have not had that instance. However. I'm just going to say this and then I'll be quiet. I just wrapped watching The Outsider and that's what that reminds me of. I don't know if any of you have watched that show. On yes, HBO. loved it. No, it's fantastic, fantastic, but it might be El Cuckoo. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> I, uh, I used to hear voices a lot when I was a kid. Mm. In fact, I had a lot of strange paranormal things happen to me when I was a child. I would hear voices and... Things would start happening in slow motion. And one day I woke up. um, I used to sleepwalk. I had night tremors. But I did hear voices Mm -hmm. uh, when I was younger. Not so much lately anymore, but when I was younger, Mm -hmm. for sure. You know, in classic dream work, if somebody comes to you in a dream, it's supposed to be symbolic of a loved one who's crossed over trying to get in contact with you. So that's your way of making contact with somebody who's no longer here on the physical side of things. Mm -hmm. Now, if a man's voice who you don't know is waking you up, it could very well be, A, that one night stand you had back in the 90s in Chicago. Or B, yes, yeah, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or B, um, it could also be related, though, to like some other stress in your life, like... For instance, you've recently started a new job. So what is stressful about the new job? What are you afraid of messing up? What, you know, Mm -hmm. and then it correlates to somebody calling you and waking you up out of a sleep, which is that feeling of you wake up, you feel unprepared. You feel like what's happening. You feel like, you know, it's all those feelings that are similar to the stress of, of what you could be going through. So it could be anything like that. It could just be what's happening in your real day-to-day life. Or it could be Billy the rescue pup. <laughs> or, it, or it could be Toby. Maybe maybe Toby's been trying to communicate with me. Yes. <laughs> it could be your cat. He's I like, do want to say, though, you know. Or your apartment could be haunted, you know? <laughs> yeah, that too. It could just be a haunted apartment. <laughs> we have a lot of psychics that listen to this show. And one day I'm going to do a psychic slap down where we have psychics give us all readings. It's, that would it's be on so my much agenda. Fun. And um, so if any of my friends who, you know, have connections to the other realm and or know how to read dreams um, have any ideas, please send us a note on what it could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is Christine I, hearing? Yeah, is it, I really is wanted, it this 
Go ahead, Johnny. I was going to say, I really, I don't know. You can cut this from the show, Jim. I'm sorry, but I just feel the need that I have to tell you this. So I was once at um, the, uh, I, I was near Rage, but I don't know what um, bar that is that's right across ne- next to it, but not. It's across the street. It's a bar and it's open. Um, but anyway, long story short, I was sitting there outside on a patio and a woman walked up to me, grabbed my palm, looked at me dead in my face and said, you are stressing out about something. You need to let it go. Um, and I'm just going to let you know that that person that you are in cahoots with um, is not your friend. I kid you not that I had just had a conversation with somebody about someone being in my life that I needed to get rid of. And it was the wow. most scariest thing I had ever, like, had ever experienced. So it just, I'm a believer that if there is some, like you may want to get a reading because ultimately there might be something or someone trying to tell you something. Hmm. Yeah. Just I agree. I agree with that. Or Christine, you might have ordered Uber Eats and then fallen asleep. (laughs) And they were like, Christine, Christine, your sausage pepperoni deluxe is here. You know, that is, that is a a real possibility. In the morning. (laughs) Is it the same time every morning, Christine, that you hear the voice? Is it the same time? Uh, no, it's not the same okay. time, but it's always in the mornings. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Is it during the witching hour? No, it's not like at three or four in the morning. It's usually like right, right before I'm going to be getting up. Oh, okay. But yeah. yeah so whoever's saying it knows, knows your schedule. Mm-hmm. Knows it's a Starbucks barista. Listen, I really think this is about the new job. I really do. I think it's your body clock knowing that it's almost time to get up. And it's something you're, you're having some sort of dream related thing. Your body is like, okay, it's time to go. We have, we, we have to get up now. We have a job again. You know, well, this I, I was think- even, this even started before the job though. Oh Yeah. I mean, it could be exasperated by it for sure, but yeah, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm you're going back uh, to pizza delivery, man. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. All right. Well, uh, if anybody has any ideas for sweet Christine on who is the mysterious man that wakes her up every morning, that would be great. Uh, I'm going to start calling you, Christine. (laughs) Is this similar to how you and John talk every morning? Because that came out this week that you two are having a side text chain that you've not invited the rest of us into. We're we're mostly just talking about working out. We're talking about working out. Mm-hmm. And when I say working out, I mean <laughs> well, how you doing? working out. Speaking yeah. of sausage, double sausage and pepperonis. Well, all right. Twigs and berries. <laughs> Next up, we have no bad news with Dr. John Paul. Um, John, I have some difficult news. Okay, I guess it can wait. (laughs) What's going on? Okay, so I don't know if you all have been watching the news, but there was a story that had came out that said 
Um, basically, the I- idea is that experts explain that there might be life on Venus. Um, they're saying that there's it's emitting gases and there's all of these different things that are happening on that planet. And folks are trying to figure out what's actually happening over there. So it says, considering what we know about the key ingredients for life's formation on Earth, here there's some ex- there is an article. If you go over to uh, SciTech Daily. Um, they ultimately help you understand what's going on there. So I thought that in this section, since this is kind of all the buzz that's in the news outside of the fact that Trump has not paid his taxes, um, I wanted to know if there are aliens or if there are different forms of life out there. Basically, I want to know, do you, one, do you believe that there are other forms out there? And two, if they are here, and you found out, what would be the first thing you'd ask them? Uh, I would, I would, uh, yes, I do believe they're out there. Okay. I, I think there's just too much evidence to, and there's too much space for us to be the only people. And my one question would be, uh, please get me the hell out of here. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Same. Save me, please. Um, I, I do believe that there is life on other planets. And I guess the first question I would ask is, um, have you been calling my name for the last couple of weeks? By the way, Perfect. Christine's the master at a callback. <laughs> yeah. yes. Brilliant. Of a callback. Brilliant. The thousands and thousands of dollars I've spent on improv training over the year that I'm doing nothing <laughs> with. I literally live for Christine's comebacks. Literally. <laughs> Uh, I believe that there are most definitely aliens. I mean, if we got here somehow, then it would be completely egotistical to think that there's not life somewhere Mm -hmm. else. Um, And what would I say to them? I think I would, I think I would just apologize because I think they're probably (laughs) laughing at us if they have come to earth, they're much more advanced than we are because we, we can't even get a man to like live on the moon yet. Right. So I would just be like, okay, um, please help us. It's not going well for us. (laughs) They're not going to laugh at you. Um, Yeah, I I definitely, if you all catch that reference, because it's Halloween, I always. Yeah. So anyway, but with that being said, I just, I find it so interesting. And that was, as I've been reading the story, so I'm currently in this mindset of like, I want to write some sort of like sci-fi horror kind of situation. Like that's the next thing that I'm getting ready to write. And this, all of this concepts have been really playing, like I, in my mind, I've been playing with this idea of like, what would it be like if I were to, or or even because, oh, this is terrible. You're probably gonna have to cut this out. A friend of mine has this theory that a certain race of people are aliens and, and not in a bad way. But they're saying that they are because of how advanced and how how their brain works and how much smarter they tend to be. Um, anyway, long story short, I think that that might be the case with some of us is that there are folks that live among us that are not from here and we just have not discovered it yet. Some alien DNA floating around out there. Yeah, somewhere? there might yeah. be some folks that are specifically thinking about like how just even how certain folks interact. I don't know. Again, you watch The Outsider thinking about Holly Gibney's character or um, uh, yeah, just that idea of how they're not, they don't seem human and it's because they're not. 
So she is so hot, by the way. Yes, well, Cynthia Erfer is beautiful. You guys look at the Mayans and their culture, you know, mm-hmm. and look at the Egyptians and everything they built with giant three ton stones and yeah. logs. Yeah. Yeah. And you think, okay, Please. there there was advanced engineering happening yes. back then before engineering was a concept. Mm-hmm. And how did that happen? So to your point, yeah. John, I, I think there's so much um, support for that. And there's a really great show. I watched it and I was like, Christine, watch this show. And I made everybody in my life watch it. It came out about a year ago mm-hmm. when the U.S. Air Force released some tapes mm-hmm. right off the coast of where we are in Southern California over um, between L.A. and San Diego. The Air Force released tapes of unidentified 40-foot flying Tic Tacs. And the Air Force up and down says, we have no idea what these are. They're not our planes. Because, mm-hmm. you know, the excuse is always, no, nah, it's probably an Air Force jet. There was something mm-hmm. in Jersey two days ag- or last week, a week and a few days ago, an unidentified flying object. And the Air Force said, no, we were actually doing a test and you're not supposed to have seen that. And, and mm-hmm. we're so sorry. But in this case, the Air Force is saying that wasn't us and we don't know what it was. And here's our radar. It became unclassified. So mm-hmm. check out this show. I think it's called um, Unidentified Objects. It came out last year. It's produced by a uh, guy who's in, um, I think he's in the band Sum 41. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He put all the money behind producing it because nobody was giving these tapes the, the light of day. Uh, it's really interesting and it's going to make you think. And it goes cool. around the world. There's stuff in Italy that's unexplained. Egypt, et cetera. It's yeah. really fascinating stuff. Yeah. Well, there was one one recent episode of the new Unsolved Mysteries that they released on Netflix. Yeah, I saw that, that was all about like a town experiencing mm-hmm. alien abductions. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I would actually one of the questions I would love to ask them is like, why do they why are they abducting like middle of the country? I was going to ask, like, why don't they abduct black people? <laughs> They've never, like, I've never heard of an alien experience with somebody named Tyrone or Shaquan. And not I trying agree. to sound stereotypical or racist yeah. or, or discriminatory. Like, I want to know, why ain't y'all abducting us black folks? Like, we want to we wanna be poked and prodded. Yeah. We want to you know, be able to see inside the ship. And, you know, going back to Christine's thing, uh-huh. why are all ghosts white? Have you noticed yes. that, like... Yes. There's always the are and there there are there are black spirits. I have never I've no. I've never seen a TV show and where gray and gray a, there mm, are. But I just want to know why they're not abducted. I want to see inside the ship. I want to go up to the mothership and <laughs> and talk to all of the mother people up there and say hello. The mother like, people, <laughs> even if they poke and prod, I just want to say hi. They can they can adapt shit. They can take me anytime. At this I think point. you should write that. Then. Yeah, yeah I'm like, ready to go. What would it be like for a black person to get abducted? That is my next pilot. I'm right. They Thank had you. if they had like a, a lottery for people who like when they decide to go to Mars. If they had, I'm, I would totally. I, I would be like, I'm in. Let's go. Yes, I seriously. Would, I, totally I too. Would. Please drop me off. Thank you. Yeah. Or survivor is it that- on Mars. Black people never get abducted because black people are the aliens that are already here. Could be. Right? Like Could. maybe they know everything they need to know about you all because you're like yeah. a secret superior society or something. Could be. You know? 
you so know maybe what? the white trash are the actual aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I think that Which makes why sense. they're like voting for Trump. <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> oh, oh that is so funny. I love that oh, stuff. Gosh, I could talk be. about aliens too, for five man. years. It's so fascinating to me. I love That's it. That's what's great about TikTok. If you, you said you didn't like TikTok earlier, if, if you get in the right TikTok stream, there's all sorts of like uh, conspiracy theories and aliens and things like that. Well, I'm going to tell you this quickly. TikTok for gays is just half-naked men doing sexy dances and usually a very chubby girl telling me something very funny. And every chubby girl funny thing I send to Christine. But otherwise, it's just all gays doing like, I don't need to see another gay doing the dance to that Dua Lipa song. Don't come out. (laughs) all right stop it stop it i don't need that you should change your settings jimmy you can change your settings no it's an algorithm i can't i'm gay i have been targeted by tiktok (laughs) your tiktok knows you're gay yes more than likely everything knows i'm gay because i'm always getting Scott, um, there are TikToks. Tell me if this happens to you, John. There are TikToks that come up in my For You page that yep. literally the person comes up and it says, if you are getting this TikTok on your For You page, there is a 98% chance that you are gay. That's the entire TikTok. And it's true because they target you. <laughs> I, just, wow. I, I don't have TikTok, but I will say that I am also very much over it. And I cannot, when they said they were going to ban it, I was so happy. I know that sounds terrible and you're probably going to send hate mail towards me. I'm just going <laughs> to mute you. But My I 14 really, year old's going to have a heart attack. I, I hate TikTok with a passion, but we're moving <laughs> on. Yes, I do believe that aliens are real and I would love to talk more about it. So can we totally. have an episode about it sometime soon? Thanks. Yes, please. Yeah. We should have an alien expert on. Stephanie! Oh. Stephanie, Stephanie, Stephanie. Oh, I have a friend who is one. Alien expert, got it. Alien expert, TikTok, hate it, got it. Thank you, Stephanie. All right, you guys, let's jump into. Oh my God, Scott, I'm so sorry. You know what I did? You don't have my music, do you? Well, because you know, I thought you were doing another segment. Give me 20 seconds. I can do it. I can do it. Oh my gosh, I'm going to leave this in. I told you, know you last week. Know. I told you last week when you were in Palm Springs what what uh Well, thanks so much for know. telling really me when Scott I was And then I told you again yesterday. Scott All right, you guys. Scott's last week. No, it's always it's always Scott's last week. All right, you it's guys. Always. Now we're going to have a movie review with Scott Sheldon. Wait, what is happening? What's happening? You guys. I am using the host. Veto. Hmm, I wonder what this could be. Invoking a new power, bitches. It's called the host veto. We're not what? having a movie review right now. I have what? power. Oh, and wow. I don't want to talk about a movie with Scott. I want to talk about something else. So I am invoking a new wrinkle in Jim Lanahan and Friends podcast called The Host Veto. Wow. 
when you hear that sound, you know that I am doing a takeover of the podcast. And by the way, oh, no, for those of you that have watched How Big Brother, yes, I stole the concept of the veto. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so, Scott. Why did you pick the straight guy? Why did you pick the straight guy to uh, veto <laughs> the first, the first time around? I think I'm going to have to call my lawyer. Wait, I have a penis. Okay. So, Scott. <clears throat> yes. I don't want to have a movie review with you. I want to talk about something else. A few weeks ago, you were like, listen, my job is ending. Things are going horrible. Everybody, life's not good. And then last week it was, maybe I have a new job. I don't know. Yeah. And then suddenly yesterday, somebody drove home. Fancy. And listen, I'm not going to blow up your spot, but a very fancy car. A it's car not very so fancy, to be honest. It's not Scott, expensive. You don't understand. It's the host veto. Scott, it has three letters in the make of the car, everybody. I won't say the three letters. Starts with a B, ends with a W. Now, can we please... <laughs> back into how did you get such a fancy car this weekend and walk us through it and what's going on in your life because this was all we could talk about at lunch yesterday behind your back oh, really? so now we're going to talk oh, about it in front wow. of your face well it was okay. one of two topics we talked about i sold a house so i made a lot of money oh nice. yes. congratulations better, yeah. and then and then uh i got a new job that I sound like Christopher Walken there for a second. I, I got a new job. You got I don't a new know. job. By the I way, got you a new know why? Job this sound starts... makes people uncomfortable. When you hear this sound, there's nothing you can do. A little piece of pee comes out of your urethra. It's terrifying. I swear to God, I thought it was the purge, but go on. So anyway, I saw this movie. It's called <laughs> The Devil All the Time. No, I'm not. <laughs> I really thought it was the purge. Um, so yeah, I got a new amazing, job. Scott. That's really good news. Yes, it is great news. Awesome. And I start on a salary and then I get moved to uh, 1099. But, uh, you know, during the pandemic, we sold one car because, you know, commercial real estate wasn't doing so great. So um, now that I have to do a nine to five in an office every day, I had to get a new car and I bought a used car. It is a certified pre-owned BMW from 2017. And uh, um, it's still nice. Here's the story. I, I took this, I took our car down to get serviced. And as it was getting serviced, I saw the BMW on the lot and it was listed at $20,000, which is a lot. It was too much. So then uh, later on, I have this app said, and the app just sent me a, a notification that said they had dropped the price substantially to the car. So yesterday I went down to pick up my uh, Dodge and uh, just inquired about the car. And I said, you know, how much would I have to put down for this? And he said, nothing. Your credit is, is good enough that you don't have to put any money down and you don't have to pay anything until November. So I was like, okay. And I took the car. I was going to say, I have a question because yes. I am also too inquiring on getting an electric vehicle yes or an hybrid did they did did the car come with the stuff to put into your like garage and all of that too or how did that okay work? well the it, it's different than the um 
the Tesla is a, a 220 volt. Okay. Which means they have to go in and put in a different voltage into your garage. Mm-hmm. They, that's the Tesla deal. It, the, but uh, the BMW, and I used to have a Chevy that was a hybrid. I had a Chevy Volt. And they run on 120 watts. So all you have to do is plug it into the wall. Oh. Yeah. Mm. And it like just curling charges. Iron? Like a curling iron. Mm-hmm. Just My like God. a big curling iron. So yeah. you plug just your car it. into the wall like a curling iron? Yeah. Just like a curling I'm sold. Like a Keurig? <laughs> like a Keurig, baby. Yes, God. Yeah. Make waffles Scott, I'm and really tragic jealous. I got to tell you, I'm jealous. I want that car. I've wanted that car for like two years now. Well, let Whenever me tell I you. Look at the car. It's really pricey. I know you got a pre-owned, but like, that's a pricey car. You got a mega deal on that car. I got a it mega is. deal. That's why I, I mm-hmm. like I said, to you yesterday, I couldn't turn it down. I couldn't turn it down. It was not ridiculous. Turn it down. Of course, I think I again I will say this on the podcast. That's a statement only straight men use. Oh, I couldn't turn it down. It was such a good deal. I've turned down so many deals in my life all the time <laughs> because my relationship to money is not very positive. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, grew up, I grew up poor. Grew up a poor yeah. kid. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's amazing. I love it. I love all the details. And and Stephanie saw it today. She got, she got the uh, preview. She got to look at it. It's really it's nice. It's really cute. It's, it's really so cute. And it's roomy it's really inside. Cute. It's very roomy, Jimmy. It's roomier than yours, but than your car for sure. Well, in front. and let me tell you, Jimmy's roomy inside. Okay. I was, that was my question. I was going to ask, like, is the, is it, is it fat friendly? Yes, definitely. Like too fat the fr- people the friendly? Too fat people friendly, okay. for sure. Back seat. How many fat people can fit on that back seat comfortably? None. Uh, none. <laughs> <laughs> so just me, my husband, and my cat. Got it. Exactly. Yeah, that I, I fit my 14-year-old back there today, but she only weighs 80 pounds. So oh, yeah. 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 You've Two done it well. again, Scott. You've gotten a car, a new job. New job. It's all happening, a New Scott. lease on life, my friend. I live to see it. Scott, also, you survived the first ever Jim Lanahan and Friends podcast. I know. So congratulations. <laughs> surprise. My heart hurt a little bit. I got <laughs> I felt like. I mean, how about all the new sound effects that we debuted this week? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to keep this movie review till next week then because it's it's a really interesting situation I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about. What don't tell us anything about it but what I'm was the title to. of the movie? The Devil All the Time. It was the number one movie on Netflix. Oh week. yeah, I heard about that movie. That sounds boring. To- <laughs> well then. Oh. It, it wasn't so much about the movie. It was uh somewhat it was more about who was cast in the movie and why. Okay. Well, you can do it next week and just pray that I don't week. do a host Provided veto next you don't week. veto me again. <laughs> Is it going to be like, let's right. just veto Scott six weeks in a row? <laughs> no. Every time he goes to talk about his segment, we get the... Yeah. Well, <laughs> specifically <laughs> that movie on Netflix. Yeah. I'm like, oh, host veto. <laughs> and by but the way, if you Scott. look on our show flow, you'll see where it says... J L T O there it, that so now I have to come That's up with a new is. way to signify that it's host veto but <laughs> oh, okay God, yeah. all right you guys um well that's awesome Scott truly uh, all the joking aside congrats on all the good stuff life's looking up we for love sure. hearing it absolutely yeah. all right I'm gonna jump into some positive news now our weekly commitment to taking a moment to celebrate the good in life this week's story 
had me in an ugly cry this morning in my comfy chair. Carlos Valdez of Roy, Utah, orders the same thing from Papa John's Pizza every week. Can we hit pause? John, are we mad at Papa John's Pizza? Um, now that Shaq is in cahoots with them, no. Okay, thank you. I couldn't remember if we're if we're mad at them still. We were, but we're no longer mad at okay. them. <laughs> so Carlos from Utah orders the same thing every week from Papa John's Pizza. Pineapple and ham on the pizza. Mm-hmm. And then he says, please have it delivered by his favorite delivery man, Derlin Newey. At 89 years old, Derlin is a lot older than your average pizza delivery person. The former ski champion took the job several months back when he found he needed a little extra income to cover his monthly expenses. He has social security, but it doesn't pay the bills. (laughs) By the way, do you hear Christine laughing? That is such an inside joke for Christine. Wait, I'm going to tell you guys what it is. I'm going to, okay, I'm going to, it's the longest Christmas ever. It's a specific, <laughs> Christine, okay, specific reference to a song by Jules. I got a dig just to feed a big mouths to pay. And they've got social security, but it doesn't pay the bills. You know that song by Jules? Anyway, we are obsessed with that moment in the Jules song. And it really reflects back to last week when, Steve and Hannah was like, there was a Jewel concert on. I made Steve, I made Brent watch it. <laughs> anyway, back to Sweet Derlin. He's 89 and he's a former ski champion and he found out that his income did not cover his monthly expenses. He has social security, but it doesn't pay the bills. So Derlin got a delivery job at Papa John's and he immediately became a customer favorite due to his very kind spirit and his signature greeting. Whenever you would order a pizza and you would hear the ding dong at the doorbell, you would open the door and Derlin would say, hello, are you looking for some pizza? Well, (laughs) Carlos was so taken by Derlin's story that he started filming Derlin's deliveries and posting them on his TikTok account. And this is why we kind of like TikTok, John. I haven't given up on it entirely. Soon enough, Derlin became a senior citizen sensation because Carlos had 53,000 followers who fell in love with Derlin. Next, Carlos started a fund for Derlin. His TikTok followers all chipped in just a little bit. And this past Tuesday, Derlin got a surprise delivery at his house. Carlos showed up at his door with a t-shirt that read, hello, are you looking for some pizza? And in the other hand, he had a check for $12,069. Derlin humbly explained, why would you go and do a thing like that? And then he teared up and he said, how do I ever say thank you? I don't know what to say. And I think you just say thank you, Derlin. And our thanks to Carlos for making this world a little kinder. And thanks to both of them for this amazing story. As always, I say, use your superpowers for good, people. No matter what you do for a living, what your hobbies are, where you live, use your talents to make the world a better place. That is why we're here. And please remember, I want to hear from you. Please send me your good news stories. I mean, I don't want to talk about Derlin every week. I want to talk about our Jim Lanahan and Friends with Benefits. I want to talk about our listeners. So let's absolutely have you share with us what's happening good in your life. If it's a graduation, 
or a first communion, tell us everything we want to celebrate with you. You can always send me an email at jimlanahan.com or send me a direct message at Jim Lanahan and Friends podcast Instagram page. I love Durlin and I love Carlos and I love that story. <clears throat> no, Ellen wouldn't do anything like that. No, Ellen's horrible. <laughs> She's horrible. Papa John's comes with, uh, it comes with uh, uh, ranch dressing, doesn't it? Like every time. It has all types of sauces. Has the garlic all right, butter. moving on. Why is it always got to be about ranch with you basics? Why? Why is it got to always be about ranch? You know, the one time I like ranch is when it's mixed with barbecue on a friendly's super melt sandwich. That's what? I never heard of that. That's amazing. Barbecue and ranch is so amazing. Jim, get out of my mind. Woodrand Wood Ranch has a salad like that too. Oh my god. Guys, I have one thing ranch. to say about ranch dressing, and here it is. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, you can find Christine Cinecore on Twitter and Facebook at C Cinecore. On Instagram, she's Christine Cinecore. Her website is ChristineCinecore.com. Dr. John Paul Higgins is at Dr. John Paul on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook. His website is drjohnpaul.com. Scott is Scotty Sheldon on Twitter and Facebook. And on Instagram, he's Scott A. Sheldon and Scott Sheldon, the actor. His website is scottysheldon.com. Stephanie is Chicky Laugh on Twitter and Insta. That's C-H-I-C-K-Y-L-A-F-F. Why? Because we love you. And I am Jim Lanahan. My Facebook is I am Jim Lanahan. My Instagram is Jim Lanahan and my website is jimlanahan.com. As you may have heard, we have a cameo that supports this podcast. If you want to throw a couple dollars at us, you can get a free video shout out from Jim Lanahan himself. And then you get a link to join us live every Sunday when we record the podcast. And we have a lot of laughs here. And there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make the final cut. So you're going to want to be here with us. And finally, on the Facebook, we have a podcast group called Jim Lanahan and Friends Podcast Group. That's really, really inventive, wasn't it? That name. Uh, all right, y'all. Thanks for another great episode. And Yay. I'm going to go out and look for some UFOs. And we'll see Yay. you. Get up for my new job tomorrow. Oh, congratulations. All right, we'll see y'all next week. As you shoot across the sky. Still talking about ranch? Yes. <laughs> yeah, but they have some. There's a pizza here that has like ranch and barbecue sauce on it. It's so good with chicken. <laughs> sauce.